After Dark podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. A universal podcast for grown-ups from the After Dark and Connect world. There may be a few naughty words, so it may not be suitable for kids. Enjoy the show! Hello and welcome to uh, the October... I had to think of what the month was then, Jesus. At the October episode. (laughs) I I know. How? How of this month of all months... (laughs) Could <laughs> I have got that wrong? But this is that Universal podcast, uh, and I am Nick, and I'm joined on this episode, as you can tell, by Sinead. Hello. And also by P Dubs. Good evening. I mean, October for all the re- I mean, obviously, the obvious reasons, like the fact it's Halloween coming up, you know, that's mm-hmm. one reason. I've got two birthdays of my wife and also my son this month as well so nice. october is not a month that i should really forget anything oh <laughs> oh yeah and oh, my anniversary and my anniversary oh god man nice <laughs> yeah that's also this month as well um all, all shoehorned together as well like within the space of just over a week we've got my wife's birthday our anniversary and my son's birthday so it, i hate that happens october. happens for me as well and at the end of march so my son was born in the middle. Uh, our wedding anniversary is five days after that. And then my wife's birthday is at the beginning of April. Awful. All, like, and my son was due on her birthday and he was he was early. Uh, so it was, <laughs> it's all, all smushed in together as well. Uh, do, you want, do you want to know something really weird? Right. My kids are 17 months apart. Right. But they were both born on the same date. Oh really? That is that is pretty weird, isn't it? That is pretty. That is well, strange. what are the chances of that? Mine and so I wasn't actually born on my due date, but this is a weird intro to the podcast. But anyways, yeah. both mine and my brother's like predicted due dates were supposed to be Friday the thirteenth. <laughs> Neither so of us were born on the Friday the thirteenth, but that, that was both due dates my mom was given were Friday the thirteenth. Says uh, a lot, really, but mm. here we are. Uh, if I was born a girl, I was going to be called Elaine. Anyway, oh, nice. uh, so yeah, why not? Why why not start start a podcast off in this way? It's what people tune in for. It's why this is the uh, the second biggest Universal podcast from the UK. Um, I think we might be only. I think I might only be two Universal podcasts in the UK, but we're definitely we're, look. We're definitely in the top two. That's for sure. Um. So we've got some news this month, which is always exciting. Um, and also we're going to um, have a look at a part we don't really talk about as well, which will be 
uh, hopefully exciting for, for listeners because no one else really talks about it either. Um, but considering one, it's only two weeks old, and that, and that as well, that's <laughs> very true. Um, but one other thing, um, we were supposed to have a guest on this episode, um, we were supposed to have Todrick. I don't think his name is Todrick, but I'll call him Todrick. Um, but we were supposed to have Todd on here. Um, and unfortunately, we didn't get the date sorted out in time to do that. So, um, rather than wait for us to record the interview, which will hopefully be later this week, and leave your late Monday slash early Tuesday um, listening habits um, going by the wayside. Um, we're going to release two episodes. This is going to be your two-part episode. So this will be the first part, and then we'll record the interview, and that will go out as an extension of uh, this episode. So uh, double the money. People want more universal content. There you go. That's one way that we can uh, we can do it. Um, now I've said that, the interview with Todd, with Todd will be about 10 minutes long, won't it? That'll shoot me in the foot. Hopefully Still technically not. an extension to the episode, though. Thank you, yeah. Sinead. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yes. So, without further ado, let's have a look at what's going on um, by finding out, firstly, what everybody is drinking. So, Sinead, what are you holding in your hands tonight? I have a, a hot chocolate because wow. I am bloody freezing at the minute, so yeah, wow. I've got hot chocolate. Wow. Yeah. Um, any any marshmallows in that? No, no, it's just hot chocolate, predominantly made on water, so it stays hot for longer, and a little bit of oat milk. Very exciting. Oh, very. I'm a big fan of uh, of. I'm going through um, a trial and error for, for, uh, for phase with oat milk at the moment. Oh, I've nice. started to drink more coffee again, and I've started to use my coffee, uh, my my milk frother again yeah and i'm sure as you know um not all plant-based milk uh, gets frothy no. does it no so um i'm trying out a few different ones at the moment i think i found one that i'm quite happy the only barista one's pretty good only barista is good the problem with only barista is that i'm the only one that likes it oh, okay. so my Fair. wife and daughter don't like only barista for like other things so if I buy it, it's just for myself. So we're trying to find one that's a bit more universal, pun intended. Um, but yeah, so I've, I've been I've been trying a few different ones, see which ones froth well. But I think I, I think I might have stumbled on one. Now I've just got to get them to try it and see if it's any good on cereal. Uh, and welcome to Alternative Milks After Dark. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now the reason I asked about marshmallows is because um, was it Sam got really uh, upset mm. the other week? With a lack of marshmallows. I never in my life have I seen someone look so genuinely heartbroken as when this little frail woman in Cork told her there was no marshmallows for her hot chocolate. <laughs> it was yeah. More was on that intense. story. More on that story on uh I think uh the last episode of Mini uh, of Mini Waffle Mickey Waffles. Is that right? Was yeah. it the last episode? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Very good though. I was uh was smiling away to myself when that happened. Not like she was, but yeah, no. I was. Um, P-Dubs, what are you drinking? Uh, as we say, uh, other products are available. I am going completely against the run of the podcast, and I have got a Coke Zero. Ooh. Ooh. What happened there? Um, the wife went away for the weekend, and they had some left, so they're in the fridge. 
Wow, what a wild weekend. <laughs> she brought you yes. back. Yes, <laughs> Yep. My exciting present from the weekend away. <laughs> Super. Um, I've, Hell, I've, she ever topped that? Well, hopefully with some rum or something. Hmm. I mean, obviously in the Coke Zero, you know. That, yeah. That's, yeah. Um, I've actually got some cherry Pepsi Max. What a shocker. But I've been able to find some, so it's all good. Um, although... I have just bought some new soda stream bottles, so I'm going to try and make some more Pepsi Max with my soda stream. Again, I'm sure I talked about that before, but if not, I've got Pepsi Max syrup in a soda stream machine <laughs> because I'm so retro. Anyway, right, let's go and have a look at the latest news from the parks. This podcast is sponsored by the Castle Club Boutique. The Castle Club Boutique is a small Etsy store creating Disney-inspired classic fashion tees plus personalised family trip tees inspired by the Disney parts and your favourite classic Disney films. They also stock accessories, children's wear and most recently home decor. Do you have a family trip or special occasion coming up? Let them help you design a perfect custom tee to mark your event by emailing sales at castleclubboutique.com. They ship free to the UK and also worldwide for a small fee. You can find their store on Etsy or follow on Instagram at the Castle Club Boutique. And if you quote Universal, you'll receive 10% off your order at the checkout. So show the Castle Club Boutique some love and we thank them for supporting this podcast. So does anybody want to go first? I will happily go first. Look at him. Running like a bull in a shop with yep. stuff made of fragile stuff. Yep. Uh, let's let's go for the, um, I suppose, the big news. Um, the closing permanently of Shrek 4D mm. um, will be happening in January, the 10th of January, 2022. So uh, about three months' time until Shrek is finally gone. Yeah, so this is um, this is odd because I think I think we've all seen the same kind of posts about this, but I've not seen an official statement from Universal on this. Yeah. I don't think they've said they've made a public announcement, have they? The, the article that I'm reading says that they have officially confirmed it. As you say, all I've seen is the post that was on the staff notice board. Mm. I have not seen anything like official official, but this is this is the Diz that are saying it's official, so I'm assuming they have been handed a press release at some point. Oh, I see. So because our Lord and Saviour Pete Werner says that it's true, <laughs> it must yeah. be true, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, I would agree with that because I love Pete. Isn't that how theme park news works? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, no. What happens normally with theme park news is is WDWNT say something really outlandish and controversial, not true, and it gets picked up, and at some point it gets debunked, and then you know, nine times six out, months it, later it happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or, or, or one out of ten times it happens. I think that's more accurate. Yeah. Uh, screw you, Corliss. Um Yeah, I mean it's. Um, it's funny because I think we've talked about it for a long time, the possibility of it going. It's been long yeah. rumoured. And in fact, you know, what, the last episode we recorded together, we were talking of of exactly something happening with the Shrek building, not necessarily completely closing, but 
that something was going to happen in probably the the second uh, theater that they've got there for which for has been that hasn't been used for probably four or five years. That's it's, just sat there empty. Yeah, it's definitely not been used since it reopened last summer. Like uh, right. once they reopened after the pandemic, um, and it is usually used for um, for Halloween Horror Nights. And that actually, that in itself is interesting because we didn't we didn't talk about that when we were talking about this rumor last month with um, with Chris. Um, but because it's because the second theater is used so often now for Halloween Horror Nights, if you're going to stick a brand new attraction in there, you're probably going to lose that space, right? Mm, I'm not convinced. I don't think... I think it'll go down the same route as what they've done in California. And it will, again, just be one theatre. Okay. Because they've done this... They've got this DreamWorks show, haven't they? Hmm. In, the, in California that replaced Shrek, and I reckon this will probably go down the same route. Yeah, but if it, if it, if what Chris was talking about happens, then it's not a simple kind of film swap. No, this is so, going to be something brand they'll new. have to strip the whole thing out, yeah. Mm. And the thing Which is, makes as well, it even easier to, to use only one theatre. Yeah, and we don't know what the what the condition of the second theatre is, right? Because, as we said, at the moment it's being used for a maze. And yeah. they do a very good job of, of hiding the fact that you're in Shrek. Like, you wouldn't know you was in Shrek, would no. you, when you're going for a house no. there? Um, Not at all. So I wonder what the state of that theatre is already. Like, have they been working on this in secret? Ready for Halloween yeah. Horror Nights to finish so they can, like, crack right on? Um, or like you say, are they only going to use one theatre? In which case, that will still be available for Halloween um, horror nights. But if it's not, you know, where do they go? There must be—I assume there must be another area they can use for Halloween horror nights. And we've been saying to. this with multiple attractions, with Barney being closed and things like that. That was always going to make it slightly more difficult for Halloween Horror Nights as well because that was one of the cues. Yeah. Um, so it is, there's a lot of movement on where Halloween Horror Nights goes. Yeah. Um, you would assume, though, with Horror Nights being such a big, like, cash cow for them that they kind of not necessarily have to prioritise that over, like, the rest of the year in the park, but there's only so much space they can take away from it because the event's growing every year. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. I mean, there are and they, they've there are moved one of the houses this year as well. Have they? Yeah, one of the ones on the on the backstage area has moved because the stage was being used by somebody else. Huh. Um, for like proper film work or advertising work, um, one of the stages was being used for something else. So they they did have to move one this year into a different sound stage. Actually, I think I know why that happened. Because wrestling's back at Universal. Yeah. Um, so just, I, I'm go. not gonna, I'm not gonna make this into a big news story, but um, AEW, uh, the wrestling company that's kind of taken over the the, the wrestling scene in the last uh, two years, have started filming one of their TV shows at uh, is it Soundstage Twenty Three? 
it was one that was pre- previously used by Impact Wrestling um, when yeah, they yeah. used to film at Universal. Um, they're only filming every few weeks, but they are using that soundstage again uh, for wrestling. So it's it could well be. So I don't know anything else is being filmed at Universal at the moment. So it's it's probably because of that damn wrestling. But if you like wrestling, um, you can you can get free tickets to go and see that. It's um, the next uh, shooting day is this coming weekend, this Saturday. So if you're in the area and you want to go and see some wrestling, knock yourself out. Um, but yeah, Sinead, you're right. It, it, it is um, whilst it's only a short event, it is one that you know is probably the most popular event that Universal have all year. So, is it the only ticketed event they do? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because everything else, isn't okay. it? Like even the um, when they have the concerts, they're free, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So, I mean, P Dubs. I know that you've done Shrek, and I know we did a. In fact, it wasn't even that long ago, was it, that we, we no, reviewed it wasn't. Shrek and uh, Shrek 4D. Um, no. Sinead, is it something that you ever got a chance to experience? No, it's not, actually. It wasn't something that I prioritised when I was there. Um, and I don't I haven't watched the film. It's on Netflix, isn't it? Is it on Netflix? It's part of um, Shrek's scary tales, I want to say. Or frightening yeah. tales. Yes. Or- something it's scary something because it's not just shrek is it it's um monsters versus aliens as well and i think puss in boots but yeah well actually it's on multiple so yeah. there's one that's like that that's got other dreamworks franchises and then there's and one then there's that's, one just, that's shrek. just shrek yeah so but also it's been a, it's it's on some uh releases of dvds and blu-rays and in fact, okay. I remember back in the, the early noughties, I think just after Shrek 2 had come out, they released it as um, like a two-pack. And the the DVD came with uh, red and blue glasses. So you could watch it in 3D at home. In the haze of red and blue. Nice. Or red and green, whatever colours it was. Um, but yeah, those old cardboard 3D glasses. So It's never had a, a proper home 3d release where you could wear normal 3d glasses and watch it that way with a special tv but uh yeah it's even been released at home to watch in 3d so but yeah you can watch it on netflix youtube uh the bbc have shown it nickelodeon showed it uh over the years so it's very unusual because most ride films you don't get to see outside the park unless somebody's filmed it on their phone or a camcorder or something do you so you know, it, there's not many attractions that they've actually released the the ride footage for before in that way. But uh, it, it yeah. is a strange one because it's not just a Universal attraction; it's in other parks across the world as well. So it, it's a bit of a strange one, and that's why it's available for everybody to watch because it's um, it's not owned by Universal. Oh, okay. Well, it is now, but. When it first came out, DreamWorks wasn't owned by Universal, was it? So no. Um, I think I think it was even in Europe. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure, Movie World in Germany. Yes. Had it as I their believe 3D it was. film. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's popped up in uh, it's popped up in a few random places as well. I think it was in Australia other... as well. 
Um, it could well have been because I think at the time it was in Germany, Movie World was owned by Warners. Yeah. And Warners have their own park in Australia. So it could have mm. been that. I'm sure I'm sure I'll get a uh, voice memo from Cat and Lewis on Disneyland Under to correct me. Um, but that's fine. That's the, you know, that's what happens when you're an expert. I didn't say I was an expert, so it's okay. Um but uh, yeah, it's it's interesting because like you say, P dubs, normally if a theme park has um has had a ride like that that's quite specific, you don't see it elsewhere, whilst this has appeared in, in non universal parks. So yeah. um but yeah, to be honest, Sinead, whack it on Netflix and just interact with it as you see fit. You know, when you think the seats would have like jolted you a little bit, just <laughs> shit yourself on the sofa. Fair. Pretty, pretty similar. Um, um but as as Ryan said on the theme park trailer this week when he was talking about it, um the pre show was is uh, currently uh, really good. Um and that will be a, a loss. Um yeah. because that was more fun, I think, than the film. It was one of those films as well that you kind of see once and you don't necessarily feel you have to see it again. Yeah, when you see it the first time, you're kind of like, "Oh, this is this is quite good. It's quite hmm. clever." And then you go on it a second time, and you think it's not quite as clever as I thought it was. Yeah, it's um, nice. Well, I think what's what is good about it is the fact that it kind of bridges Shrek and Shrek Two. Yeah, it's literally in between both of those films, and I think that's quite unusual because normally with things like that, it's either an unrelated spin-off or it doesn't really have much of a connection other than the characters being in it. But this actually does play into the, the, the films quite well. So that's, I suppose, nice. <laughs> Nothing else. Um, but yeah, it you know, I, I if they're going to go down a Minions route, which is what the rumours are, then I think that's, that's good. Um, I wonder if they'll delay the film again, though. Because... It was originally supposed to come out last year. And yeah. then it was supposed to come out this year. And now it's been pushed back to next year. And it was and it was ready to go last year. So it's not been reworked or, you know, it wasn't ready or anything like that. They've just pushed it back to when it's gonna make the most money. So it'll be uh it'll be interesting. We'll be talking about the minions a little bit more later. Oh, <laughs> teasers! Um, <laughs> Sinead, yes. did you uh, did you have anything that had uh, tickled your fancy? Um, I won't lie; I haven't really been paying a whole lot of attention. I just kind of came on to have a chance. Uh, so that's, no, <laughs> the only reason the only reason I threw it to you was because on the same note that me and P Dubs had looked at. It also gave away something else that was going on as well. So I thought it was an easy layup. I thought if you knew anything, <laughs> it would be that. But that's fine. That's fine. Um, so the other the other big news um, that was announced at the same time as this memo was stuck onto a wall, uh, backstage and photographed, is that the mummy is going down for uh, an extensive refurb. I, I, when I say extensive, I mean, it's. I suppose really it's not that long, is it? Um, no. They're saying it's going to be down for six months, effectively. But there's no reopening date, is there? No. I think it says late summer, if I remember rightly. Yeah. Is that going down at the same time as Shrek, or just after? Uh, I think it was at the same time. Okay. So um, they, 
basically just after Christmas. Yeah, they were pretty much saying we are moving everybody from these two attractions at the same time. So, yeah, it's going to be around the same time at some point. I don't bloody believe it. You know what that means, don't you? If it does close on that date, that Kate will miss it. Oh, no. Probably, you know, for me, up there with the greatest attractions at Universal, (laughs) it's going to be closed. Um, Oh, no. Although, although what I've heard recently, or especially as this announcement was made, was what the state of the mummy is right now. And so in some ways, it's probably good that she's not. Because the mummy is, to me, like a fantastic ride, but um, people are saying it is really rough at the moment. So it obviously needs to work, you know. Um, But yeah, so... I imagine they'd want it. I know there isn't a date, but you would imagine they would want it reopened for again around the kind of horror night season when they'll need rides to kind of eat up crowds. Well, yeah, the the, the thing is... there's not many attractions open for Horror Nights, is there, P-Dubs, really? No. Um, I mean, it's, it's a party Simpsons. bus. The, well, the, <laughs> the, it is the best time to go on a party bus when everyone's had a little bit to drink. Um, yeah. I will never go on a party bus during the day, but I will happily go on at night once I've had a few. Um, but I'm, I, the Simpsons, is the Simpsons open? I don't think the Simpsons no, is open, I, is it? No, because it's a... Waiting zone, isn't it? It's a mm. stay and scream zone, so they don't they don't keep those open. Uh, Rip Ride Rockets open. Yep, which is obviously uh, really nice to look at at night, but you won't catch me on it um, no. unless you really, really twist my arm again. Um, yeah, the Mummy is obviously another it? one. Uh, Fast and Furious. There, there must be more than that. Gringotts is open. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think that is that's it. Yeah. And obviously, Ireland's closes up, you know, uh, about seven or eight o'clock. So you can't you can't go over there during Halloween Horror Nights either. So um, yeah, there's not a whole lot. So yes, you're right, Sinead. They they will probably want that. I mean, you say that it doesn't really. Eat I'm more so meant though, for it? like this season rather than during the event because I would oh. imagine most people just focus on scare zones and houses and whatnot rather yeah, than the rides I mean, necessarily. Yeah, I mean, I've done the last few times we've done horror nights. If we've had a bit, depending on how we we're doing at Stay and Scream, you know, if we've done Stay and Scream, we've got you know a fair whack of houses done. Then I will normally go and take myself on the mummy. Um, but it's not normally. I think the longest I've waited at a Halloween horror nights uh, event is probably about twenty five to thirty minutes. Fast Which... and the Furious, we didn't even wait. It was walk on. We didn't even get the walk, pre-show. Walk on, walk through. <laughs> that guy was trying to do his pre pre-show like verbiage, and we just walked right on by. Um, but yeah, I mean the the thing is, regardless of whether that eats up, you know, two hundred people or a thousand people an hour, whatever it is, it's still going to eat people up. So if it's not open. That is that's something that's uh, going to have a knock-on effect. So, um, yeah, I think you're right, Sinead. I think I think the plan will be to try and get that reopened as as soon as possible. Um, it seems like they are doing a track replacement, um, as that's really what's causing uh, the ride to be a bit rough. Is that the track hasn't been replaced for quite a while? So, um, 
you know, I don't, I don't know. I've never, I've never had to replace track on a theme park attraction, so I don't know how long it takes. Um, but I don't think we're going to see any major improvements to the uh, the animatronics or anything like that. Which, uh, you know, that is the thing you really want them to, if they're going to change anything, would be to do that. But uh, it's uh, it's still a shame. I think. Yep. Yeah, so it's a long one. It's it's oh, one hello. of those attractions as well. Yeah, uh, that's why there was the the pause. I was waiting for somebody to fill it in. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, Mrs. Uh, this isn't this isn't um, normal, is it? <laughs> no, it really isn't. Um, <laughs> but you take out an attraction like that, certainly at, in the studios as well. When that, I don't want to say that there isn't a lot of major attractions certainly not loads of thrill attractions in the studios if you take this out you're kind of left with rip ride rocket and that's about it as a thrill ride i don't think any of the others even you can't class transformers as a thrill ride because i don't think it is for the most part um (laughs) it's pretty much an omnimover for most of the time (laughs) i don't know Um, if you ask my daughter she'd probably give you a different opinion of that I showed her the video of it the other day and she wasn't having it. But yeah, you take out the mummy and there isn't a lot. No. Um, so it's, you've got Gringotts as well. But again, if you're going to be queuing for a couple of hours, whereas the mummy, you can probably get on most days between half an hour and an hour. It, it shouldn't take you that long. And it's, yeah, they might suffer for a little while with that, with that down. Well, the other thing with um, with Gringotts, I always forget that Gringotts is normally open for Halloween Horror Nights because it's tucked yeah. away, isn't it? You that, can't see it. The whole area is is you know you don't you don't see it, so therefore, um, you know, if you turn around and went, oh, should we go and see what the, the times like on Gringotts? I go, oh yeah, okay, but I would never well, think about you- it. <laughs> Unless you're going over there specifically, at Halloween Horror Nights, you don't need to be that side of the water at all. Really? Um, well, you've got those going houses that are behind. Well, yeah. <laughs> you've got the, the houses that are behind Men in Black, but mm. other than that, that side you don't need to go over to. So you're not going to be walking past and going, oh, Diagon Alley's open. Let's take a wonder. You actually specifically have to go over there. Yeah, because there's of a scares, that. Well, there's a scares. There's sometimes a scare zone just before it, isn't there? Yeah. But again, you would you would normally, or I would normally turn off at that point. Yeah. Um, start going over towards the uh, the bridge, and kind of ignore the whole London area. So, yeah, you're probably right. Um, so yeah, I wonder how busy it gets during Halloween Horror Nights, Gringotts. I've seen videos of Diagon Alley and it is very thin on crowds. Fair enough. It kind of makes sense. Um, was there any other park news that you, you saw, P-Dubs? Yeah, there's a couple of bits talking of events like Halloween Horror Nights. Um, we have details on the Christmas celebrations making their return or the holiday um, celebrations. Um, oh, what we already far know. too early for this. <laughs> well, I, we're talking about Christmas first. We're going even further after that. 
Um, so it, we already knew it was running for 51 days between November the 13th and the 2nd of January, but we now have confirmation that all the previous entertainment will be returning this year, having a lot of bit missing last year um, because of the pandemic. Uh, they've confirmed the return of the Hula Days um, with the Grinchmas Hula Day Spectacular, um, as well as the, um, the Who's uh, wandering around and telling Christmas tales in Zeus Landing. Um, we've also got the return of the Magic of Christmas at Hogwarts, um, the, the replacement uh, nighttime show throughout the holiday season. Um, we also get in Diagon Alley the return of Celestina Warbeck and the Banshees performing their holiday show. Um, and finally, the return of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade um, after last year, it being reduced to a um, walk-around attraction where you could walk around the uh, parade floats, where the the actual parade will be returning this year, um, as it has done previously years. Previous years. Uh, I don't know if I've told this story before, but um, I've got a American sister-in-law. Hi, Chris, if you're listening, he does sometimes listen. Not not uh, Ripley, my brother. Um, and the first uh, Thanksgiving she was in the UK, she wanted to throw a Thanksgiving uh, feast for friends and family. And I said I would go on the condition that we would be able to watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade because we was having it uh, on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. And uh, we found a copy. So we did. So nice. it worked. Yeah. Can't say I was a big fan of the, um, the sweet potatoes and marshmallow dish, but, you know. Americans sometimes eat some very strange food. Sometimes, not all the time. Although saying that, actually, um, we're going to look at some voodoo donuts later on, and may, maybe that will that will come back to haunt us that that conversation. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's good that they're they're bringing stuff back. I, we're not going to talk about Disney uh, much, but you know, Disney are starting to reintroduce a few things um, that they've had taken away since the pandemic. Um, so it is a sign, I suppose of those parts going back to uh you know normality i, I guess now yeah, Sinead, like, I, sorry i was just gonna say it's good that a lot of team members and performers and stuff will be back for the parades yeah absolutely, so, absolutely. that's massive positive but i know that you are not a christmas person you are a no. halloween person you're not a christmas person very much so would you though like if somebody turned around to you and said um, we can get you a free trip to uh, to visit Universal during the Christmas season. Um, but if you want to go to during Halloween, you'd have to pay through the nose. Um, would you take them up on that offer? Oh yeah, like like I'm going to DLP during Christmas this year. Like I don't. It's it's more so uh, family related. My issues with Christmas come from, but like general Christmas festivities and stuff. I'm not a total Grinch, but there. Uh, yeah, no, and like any times I've watched like vlogs and stuff with the parade and all that kind of stuff. It always looks great. I love their Christmas parade. It looks really fun. Uh, I won't pry, but it's it's got nothing to do hmm. with the movie Gremlins, has it? Like you, did, you don't have a no. similar story. Okay, that's good. That's that's positive. We'll leave it there. Hmm. <laughs> if it was that I'd, I'd want to know more um, but okay so that's Christmas but you told us that we're seeing even further ahead than Christmas yeah um, so from February the 5th until April the 24th 
Universal's Mardi Gras will return, uh, having been cut short last year during the, the pandemic. Um, it did return this year, um, but without the parades and concerts. But it looks like everything for that will also be returning for next year. Have we ever understood why they go so in on Mardi Gras? And what what surprises me is how long that it goes on for. Surely they just make a shed load of money on alcohol now. Well, yeah, I guess so. But it's just, do you know what I mean? It's it's what's the connection? That's the thing that I kind of struggle with, you know, when it comes to Mardi Gras. There's no, you know, Universal wasn't created in New Orleans. Its movie show no. wasn't out in New Orleans. There is, as far as I'm concerned, literally no connection between Universal, Universal Studios, Universal Pictures, and, you know, that state. So, why did they go all in? We do have Fat Tuesdays, I suppose. Which is, you know, that is what Mardi Gras means, doesn't it? Yeah. But that's just a little booth in City Walk. So I don't know. And I'm no. pretty sure that wasn't there because of Mardi Gras. But hey. No. I mean, that said, like, you know, knocking it aside, it always looks fun, right? So I'm not yeah. saying they shouldn't do it. I'm just curious as to what the connection is, you know? I, and maybe this is me just very much showing my Irish side, but like, I love Mardi Gras in general seems like a real like party boozy celebration and universal definitely gives off much more of that vibe than disney for sure mm. so i would say that's why you're, you're possibly you're possibly right but then again they they don't go in on st patrick's day which is quite a big deal in certain parts of america true isn't it so you know why don't they throw that in as well hmm or combine the two. Yeah. I don't know. Um, especially if it's on a Tuesday. I mean, that obviously only happens every every few years, but still. Um, but that's good. That, that's, you know, be good to see people getting beads thrown at them. Especially if they're not paying attention and it whacks them in the side of the head. Always fun. And normally you get some good food offerings, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, that was ex- that was expanded last year due to the, the not having the concerts and and stuff like that. They did expand the food offerings last year. So whether that sticks around um, or not this year is is a different story with the the expanded entertainment side again. Well, I don't know if you've if you've been following the food situation at Halloween Horror Nights, but there's a lot more unique food offerings for Halloween Horror Nights this year than we've seen previously. I, uh, I honestly haven't because I was meant to be there. I, I've kind of avoided a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah, I've well, seen yeah, on like likewise. blogs and stuff. They have like themed booths for nearly all of the houses. Yes. Yeah. There's different themed foods for each of the houses as well. No, I mean, it's very loosely themed. Yeah. The names are themed. The food itself isn't themed. No, no. Um, yeah, I know. Um, I know talking on Theme Park Trade about a few of them, but one of the ones that I saw. And I can't remember what house this was at. It might have been Frankenstein. 
Bride of Frankenstein. Um, but uh, PW, you remember the Twisted Taters, right? Yeah. Everyone loves the salt and vinegar Twisted Tater. Um, well, what they've done this year is, uh, you know, it's normally served on a on a like a wooden skewer, what we would refer to as like a kebab stick, I suppose. Um, well, this year um, they've gone. Well, you can't eat a kebab stick, right? Because it's made of wood. And believe me, I'm sure drunk people do generally probably try to, uh, but you shouldn't. It's not good for you. Get splinters. Um, but, um, and I said, I think it's the Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein house, but the, the food booth there, they're serving a twisted tater where instead of having a wooden stick, it's a massive hot dog. I think the hot dog still has a stick in it because I watched a very tragic vlog of someone getting one and it looked horrific. Well, I saw some pictures of someone that got one, and yes, I mean, it was the most sorry excuse for a food <laughs> item I've seen. thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I mean, Twisted Taser, Sinead, is a, a very bizarre concept. Oh, I've had one in Tato Park. They're a <laughs> glorious thing. Well, I'm not Our saying they're potato bad Potato-themed park here in Ireland. I had one there. It was glorious. But um, the one I saw was so tragic. Yeah. I mean... I've seen my fair share of Twisted Taters and I've I've had my fair share of them at Halloween Horror Nights, but this looked absolutely sad. That mm. that's the best way to describe it. It looks sad. It looked like it didn't want yeah. to be there. No. What um what flavours did they have at uh, Tato Park? Um what did they have? They had salt and vinegar, they had the, the classic Tato cheese and onion. Mm-hmm. Um I think I think I got sour cream and onion and I think they might have had like a barbecue or like a spicy one okay they had a rake load of them yeah yeah they have i think they have about four varieties maybe p-dubs but i will never i will never forget the night that me and craig went for the first time and we had one and i think it was the first time craig had had one as well and uh we went for the salt and vinegar flavor and I felt the roof of my mouth was being torn off by the flavour. Oh, love it. It was unbelievably strong. Unbelievably nice. strong. So garlic and parmesan is my normal uh, go-to. <laughs> I learned my lesson the hard way. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, so I think in general, Peter, I think Universal are trying to kind of go more down that that kind of, that, that model that food and wine do so well. <laughs> Yeah, or food and wine and just Epcot all year round, as it is now. Well, yeah. <laughs> Whatever the theme of the month is, Epcot for the booths. But, you know, I, I think it's good because, you know, we, we've talked about on here before, when you're comparing, you know, Universal to Disney, which is a comparison that, you know, a lot of people will do because they're two massive theme parks in Florida, the food offerings and the amount of food offerings, there is a big disparity between you know a disney park and a universal park so i think by throwing in some more of these um booths and and food trucks it does give you more of uh, a collection of food to eat which isn't just uh twisted taters and pizza fries which is generally what you eat during a halloween horror night so you know it's uh, it's good for a bit of uh, variety um did you have any other news um, just one other bit that isn't um, 
Orlando related, but um, heading to Japan, um, they are getting a Super Nintendo World expansion. Yes. Um, and Donkey Kong will be making his appearance. Yes. Um, which we'd heard rumours right from the word go that Donkey Kong was part of it, hadn't we? Um, I, I think the assumption was that um, Donkey Kong was going to be just in the regular um, yeah. Nintendo land. When it, when it was first announced, at least, anyway. Uh, before yeah. they kind of confirmed what it was called and, and whatnot. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's not a massive surprise. Um, and it makes a lot of sense. What is interesting, though, is that, you know, you know, like Universal suit Nintendo about Donkey Kong, right? Yeah. So Over King th- Kong. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's, it's, it's interesting that all these years later, after they became friends, <laughs> they started building attractions. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't, I've not seen anything of what the land, what might be in the land. No, they've just just said that it's um, it's going to have a Donkey Kong Country feel to it. So based on that game, well, that's good because if it was based on the Donkey Kong game, it would just be still girders and yeah. oil drums. So yeah. it's probably better that they do do it based on Donkey Kong Country. Um, yeah. By the way, not that anyone asked, but Donkey Kong clearly uh, one of the best characters to play. Um, as in Mario Kart games. Yeah. Good good weight distribution with Donkey Kong. You know, not the fastest, yeah. not the slowest, good weight distribution. Yeah, top top all rounder. Tip. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't know. Oh, man. Why do I record podcasts? It's a question people ask me all the time. Normally after hearing one. Um, but it's good. I'm glad there is an expansion. Um, and I'm pleased it's Donkey Kong. I would have, I think, just for variety, I think it would have been nice if we'd have got something around Legend of Zelda. That would be my choice, and I think we'll probably get that in Epic Universe. Mm. Just because, yeah. I mean, it's Donkey Kong Country isn't a million miles away from Mario. So, yeah, you know, but... But still good, you know. Obviously, the land's been a success, and and uh, you know that that's that's positive. Um, but yeah, so there we go. Um, right, park news for Universal in Orlando and America. It's kind of done. Um, but do yep. you want to talk to us about Beijing? Yes. Uh, so, as I said at the, the beginning of the episode, um, Beijing opened their Universal Park um, just a few weeks ago um, and is, is now fully open. Well, kind of fully open, and we'll touch on that as we go round. Um, but I, I didn't even know, to be honest, I didn't, wasn't even aware that it was opening when it did. And then some videos started popping up on YouTube, and I thought, oh, I'll have a, have a look at this and see how, how different it is. Um, and I think we've hit that Shanghai moment again where I've looked at it and gone, they've got far better attractions in China than we've got in the US parks as what happened with Shanghai. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what I would... So um, you sent me, uh, or you sent us a YouTube link 
um, for a video, which, uh, you know, I haven't watched all of because it was two hours. And it was two, two hours, hours long, yeah. Um, but I, I, I watched the first, uh, probably about half hour or, or so before we came on. Um, and I think, I think my initial thought is it's small. Yes. It's a small park or the amount of attractions is small. Well, least. you think that, um, but each land has got multiple rides that also he didn't true. show all of. Also um, true. So the park is made up of five lands. Um, we've got Hollywood, which is the main entrance, um, and is very similar to the Hollywood area in Orlando. Um, a lot of the buildings are the same. Um, doesn't have an attraction um, along the main bit, um, like where we've got born um the born stuntacular um they have in that land got one attraction though um which is actually where we would find the uh makeup show um they have got what is called lights camera action um and this Ooh. is very much like disaster um slash earthquake um throwing in a bit of twister and um, a little bit of the um, the backdraft attraction that used to be in Hollywood. Oh. Um, and it starts off, it's kind of like a Steven Spielberg stars in it uh, for oh. a start. Um, he is like the main narrator um, through the pre-show uh, alongside an Asian actor who I don't know who he is. I He was there to, to give what Spielberg was saying in Chinese um for everybody and then it goes into like a room like as i say backdraft twister where they then have it's it, it looks like it's meant to be like a, a dry dock um and it goes through um a series of special effects um where eventually obviously with disaster you had a train come in you get half a boat come in on this one comes through the wall Okay. Um, which was quite exciting. Um, I quite enjoyed that. Um, and I actually have to tell a lie, there's actually six lands. I missed one um, that well, wasn't that's... showing on the app to start with. What kind of expert are you? I, I'm not. I have no <laughs> idea. I've literally watched a couple of YouTube videos and it, it, it entertained me. So I thought, well, let's let's just talk about it. Well, I so I've not... So is this in the video that you send me, Lights, Camera, Action? Yes. Okay. Because I obviously haven't yeah, got he to goes, that bit yet. Yeah, he he goes to a certain point in the park first, right, and then goes yes. back around and does some of the the smaller things, right. Um, so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go clockwise around the the park in this case. So you leave um, Hollywood um, attraction wise. Um, you pass a stage very similar to the one that's at Universal Orlando, mm-hmm. um, that they use for the concerts. Um, and from there, you go into uh, Transformers. Uh, it is called Transformers Metro Base. Yes. Um, and features the battle for the All Star, uh, All Spark, which we have uh, obviously got in Orlando. I can see why um, you. I can see why you said All Star because obviously you know Sh- Shrek yeah. is so associated with All Star. Yeah. Um, but they haven't just got one attraction; they have got three attractions based on transformers um so as i say you've got the one that we've all seen that's in orlando and hollywood 
Um, you've also got the Bumblebee Boogie. Yeah, so I haven't seen this. So I, what I did, I, I saw some of the video, and then I went on the um, the Universal Beijing uh, website because um, normally for these kind of things, I'd probably rely on like Wikipedia or something really, you know, cheesy yeah. like that. But the Wikipedia entry is pitiful. Um, so whoever's yeah. editing that, sort yourself out. And then I looked on the website and. The reason why I was, I was so uh, surprised about you saying about lights, camera, action was like I didn't see this anywhere, and it's because it's it's obviously listed under shows, uh, yeah. not a ride. So okay, uh, fair enough. Yep. Um, but I did see under uh, things to do Bumblebee Boogie, but I didn't, I couldn't really see what it was. Um, so what is it, Bumblebee it Boogie? Is, it's basically alien swirling saucers. <laughs> so it's ours. Yeah, okay. um, it, it's it's basically got a giant bumblebee in the middle of it that you go round. Oh, I could see that in the picture, but yeah, yeah. Right, let's see if I can um, get an expanded picture. No, doesn't show the actual attraction. Oh yes, okay. Yeah. Now I've yeah now I've seen some more pictures. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. so there's that, which is obviously a very minor uh, attraction. Mm. Um, but then you get the Decepticoaster. Yes. Which um, is, for all intents and purposes, I do know this, this is a clone of uh, the Incredible Hulk. Yes, it is. It's exactly the same. I didn't even know in the first video I saw, I saw it in the in the distance and I went, that's the Hulk. Yeah. And I didn't know that it had been rethemed or anything. I could just see the silhouette of it and I was like, well, that's clearly the, the Hulk. Um, and also, with it being purple, I mean, the Hulk could have pretty much been purple as well if it wanted to be. I mean, yep. obviously, the main colour of the Hulk is green. We all know that. But purple is also very associated with the Hulk, with his ships. Yes. So, yeah. Um, yeah. it's uh, But it's interesting they've done that. It's interesting that they've, yes. they've taken that attraction, which, I mean, we've both said before, I think, that uh, it's it's not the best coaster. No, it's all right, but yeah, it's not the it's not the greatest. Um, no, but it's here. So there you go. Yeah, yep. So you've got another version of that, and so we leave um, the metro base um, going around in clockwise direction, and we come to our next land, which is the Kung Fu Panda Land of Awesomeness. Now, this is where I got to in the video because I saw the start of the uh, the boat ride. Yes. Uh, which is we- called... It is The Journey of the Dragon Warrior. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Um, so, for me, I find this very different to anything that Universal normally do. I'm not saying it's great, but it's not their Good. typical attraction. Um, no. Well... Yes and no, because um, the uh, Madagascar, yep. they got a, a Madagascar ride at Singapore, Yes, I want to say, um, which is also a boat ride. Yes. But um, generally speaking, you're right, they don't normally, well, the only boat rides we've got in, in Florida are, are water like log flumes, essentially. Thrill rides, yeah. Yeah. Um, Whereas this is your typical like Pirates of the Caribbean type 
attraction. It's a dark ride with animatronics, um, a gentle drop, one one drop throughout the ride. Um, and yeah, I think that while this is being billed as their second kind of biggest attraction, um, from what I've seen from the videos, it's the animatronics aren't great. They're very secret life of pets in Hollywood. Um, yeah. With very little movement to them. Um, so uh, I didn't well, get through the whole attraction, but the the, I, the beginning bit I saw when you saw the first lot of animatronics, it, that's exactly what I thought. I thought, here's another yeah. Madagascar slash secret life of pets. And I think the problem, you know, when if he was looking at, if he was just comparing it to Madagascar, um, that'd be bad enough because, you know, that ride opened with that park so it's a good few years old now but yep. pets only opened what uh this year yeah i think and i was very disappointed with the animatronics there um yep. and this is a continuation yeah well i like the fact that it's different it's it is a little bit disappointing um and again this land hasn't got just one attraction it's it's three again but again we've got a couple of very um, off-the-shelf attractions. Um, we've got the Carousel of Kung Fu Heroes. Um, that pretty much tells you what that is. Is it the Carousel of Progress, but with Kung Fu Panda characters? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'd have been more impressed it's if it was. It's him singing it. <laughs> um, no, sadly it's not. It is just a carousel with some characters going around on it. Uh, if, it was, um, if only it was Cantonese Jack Black singing that. Been brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and the the third attraction is um, the Lanterns of Legendary Legends. Um, this is very much like um, what was Flix Flyers at California Adventure and is now the Inside Out attraction. Um, it's a very off-the-shelf attraction that isn't going to attract big queues, sadly. Um, so while I like Kung Fu Panda, I think this land is a little bit of a a letdown um, compared to what I was expecting. I think the interesting thing is that we don't know, or I certainly don't know enough about the culture and the type of rides that are successful in places like China. So it could be that that's you know that's the kind of attraction that they want more of. I, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't know. Like for for the likes of you and me looking at this stuff. We do think it's very off the shelf. It's very basic, but is that what the audience wants? I don't know. And it does seem to be the way that a lot of these these theme parks are going. Even here, I visited Alton Towers what six, seven weeks ago. My Paul Dolan's, yeah, and and they've taken to using these off the shelf attractions that are basically what you would expect from a local fair to fill in the gaps. Yeah. Um, and it does seem to be due to the fact that we've had all these these issues with lost money because of the, the pandemic and things like that, that they are just trying to fill in uh, the gaps in, in parks with, with cheaper attractions. I just um, don't, I don't see how it works. Here, at least. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if I was going to a theme park that I knew had uh, a lot of attractions like that, it would turn me off going. I know. I know that they have got attractions like the Wicker Man and, and you know, big, yeah. you know, more impressive coasters and stuff like that. But if I knew that 
for every one of those, there was another two fairground rides. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's it's strange. I went on one of them, and it was actually the, the attraction that made me feel the illest after being on it. Well, so it's like fun there to me. Yeah, exactly. Um, so so that's the Kung Fu Panda area. Um, and now we get the most outrageous land of them all. Um, we have Waterworld. Okay, so land. what attractions have we got? Uh, the stunt show. Oh, that is okay. It. Um, there's no other attractions in this land, but there is like a, an area outside that is, is themed um, to the, the Waterworld film. Um, there's a statue of the the mariner outside the the theatre, um, and some other little bits. Um, that's about it, and the stunt show that's been imported from from Hollywood and Japan, um, of course, because yes, um, Japan had that uh, opening. It's been very su- successful, and it sounds yeah. it sounds quite similar because yeah, in in Japan, it's it seems to be its own little section. So yeah. Uh, that's that's yeah. that's funny. I mean, it's it's weird, isn't it? Because we um, did you did you watch Waterworld when we yes. did that for um, Patreon? All that uh, time maybe ago? I didn't. Maybe I missed it. Uh, we did, I know we did Patreon a Patreon show where we watched Waterworld. I can't even remember why. Um, like what led us to to watch that, but we did. Um, yeah, and uh, it was the first one I'd watched it in a in a long time. And I mean, I don't. I mean, obviously, it was notorious at the time it came out for being uh, a bit of a disappointment financially, but that's because the film cost so goddamn much to make. Yeah. Because of, uh, you know, issues during production with sets being destroyed and whatnot. Um, but it's not its not an awful film, but it's just one of those films that is very much uh, of that time that people don't really... You know what it is? It's the 90s version of Avatar. Yes. With the difference being yeah. avatars getting sequels, <laughs> but yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, exactly. it yeah. had this, it had a fairly big impact at the time it came out, and it was never sunk without a trace into the water. Um, no, but a show, you know, I've never been lucky enough to see it, but uh, people that have seen it in, in Hollywood have only, you know, uh, positive things to say about it. But it's, it's, I've seen it six times. Okay, I well, think. there you go. Over my three four trips but it's a it's a 24 25 year old film at this point yeah that, as i said no one remembers fondly so it's it's bizarre that they've been able to use it so much elsewhere for so long yeah but hey yeah um, um from one unexpected land um to the one that everybody expects uh, and that is the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, um, Hogsmeade in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing unusual, Forbidden Journey, Flight of the Hippogriff. Um, strangely, though, no Hagrids, which I thought they might have popped in with it being a new land. Um, kind of loses a little bit of the experience, especially when looking at the map, looks like they have got loads of land to actually fit it in. Um, I think that I think that's pro- what I've read about this is this is very much phase one. Yeah, um, there is going to be a second gate. Yeah, um, so I guess they're kind of version of islands or the equivalent too. Um, but it did sound like this park hadn't 
I mean, it's obviously finished and, and open, but um, there was more to come, if that makes yeah. sense. So you're probably right. And, you know, I don't know um, when they were building this to when Hagrid's was being constructed and, you know, maybe they they weren't able to, um, you know, get it just get it done in time for uh, for this one. Um, but you're, yeah. you're probably right, and it will be a future uh, development. Yeah, definitely. And and then we leave uh, the Wizarding World and come to what I think is probably the biggest land that they've got, um, and that is Minions Super Silly Fun Land. Um, so it has got the attraction that we all expect, Minion Mayhem. Yeah. Um, but it's not on its own. We've got two more attractions, um, both indoors, um, that's something we've not talked about. Um, most of Hollywood is undercover. Um, so these two attractions are also indoors. Um, it's an actual indoor super silly fun land. Um, actually signposted on the front that, that this is the main part of the fun land. Um, so we've got two rides in there. We've got super swirly, um, which is a, again, very much off the shelf looks like kudos and kang yeah. uh, the simpsons attraction um i would say it probably is exactly the same ride model um just updated to to be a bit more um despicable me themed um and then we've got an indoor family coaster uh loop d dupe d um which looks very similar to um slinky dog uh, probably a little bit slower uh, a little bit smaller um, but it is very much themed to that that family side of of roller coasters. Hey, look. To be fair, when you said uh, Slinky Dog, you know we could have taken <laughs> not that the one that way. just goes round and round. Yeah, we could have got we could have gone the Paris version or the uh, the Disney World one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you're you're right. I mean the 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 track it's got some fun stuff around it. Um, yeah. When you look at the uh, the images, like the, you know, there's some. I don't recognise this from the film, but to to be honest, that first Despicable Me film I've not seen in quite a while, and that segment when they're at the theme park is quite short. So yeah. I I don't remember if this was actually featured in the film uh, or not, but no. you know, whatever. no, I can't remember either. Um, and then we come to our final land, um, which is Jurassic World. Um, and this is a completely new land. How can a world be a land? Jurassic World. Doesn't make world sense. World land, no. <laughs> um, so it is meant to be Island Nublar. Um, and we have got two attractions, though one has yet to open. Um, we've got Jurassic World Adventure, um, which isn't the Jurassic World attraction at Hollywood. It's a completely new, new ride. Um, it's... It's very, very similar in, in terms of how it's set up, but it's no longer a boat ride. You're you're basically in a version of the gyrosphere by the look of it. Um, well. Without the glass case over the top of you. Yeah, I, so I we watched a video of this a few weeks ago. Um, and in fact, we, we talked about it on a previous episode as well, didn't we? Um, mm. But the video was, was quite low quality, really. Um, yeah. There are now some really good videos of the attraction including the link you sent yep. over today um to me 
the ride vehicles look very similar to Spider-Man. Yes. Or Transformers, actually. Yeah. You know, the, the, the car looks almost identical. Um, but having seen a better video of it now, I'm I'm blown away. Yeah. This is by by far the best attraction out there. And as I said, this this is where they've taken a step up in terms of quality compared to the US attractions. Um, while there is screen used in this, it's nowhere near as much as we've seen in a lot of Universal's recent attractions. Um, it's kind of used sparingly. And the animatronics in that ride are unbelievable. If I was comparing it to anything, I would say it's kind of all the best bits of E.T. Yeah. Mixed with Spider-Man and, uh, you know, the, the, the vehicles used in Spider-Man, that technology used in Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, mixed with some of the most impressive um, props and animatronics that I've seen in forever. Yeah, like the so animatronics it, here are. We talked about um, um, Kung Fu Panda earlier. Yeah, you know you couldn't. It's in the same bloody park. Yeah, that's the thing. It's in the same park, and yet the yet they've the giant they've made thirty thirty foot animatronic dinosaurs that look real. Yet they couldn't build a five foot tall panda that well, looks real. There's one bit in that. Um, in that ride footage I saw today where um, an Indominus Rex is chasing after you and it looks like it's chasing after you. I'm watching a video and I'm getting edgy. Yeah. (laughs) Watching a video of an animatronic dinosaur coming after a car. You know, I can't imagine what it would be like uh, riding it, but it just seems like such a quantum leap in terms of what we have come to know as uh, Jurassic World rides compared to this, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Before and, you write and, in and, and start and, complaining, right, yeah, Velocicoaster, I know, but that is a, it looks to be like an amazing roller coaster, but that's yeah. what it is. This is a whole kind of immersive attraction. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and, and the, the final battle between the T-Rex and the Indominus Rex is ridiculous when you've got these two massive 30-foot-tall dinosaurs fighting above you. It's just unreal. Um, moving on to the, the second attraction, we, other than the fact that it looks like a roller coaster on the, on the map, um, I took it that it was going to be a version of the, the ride that we have in Orlando, the Pterodon Flyers. It's not. No, it's not. Um, it's called Jurassic Flyers, and it does look like it's it's possibly going to be another family-friendly roller coaster. Well, it's it actually um, was open this weekend. Was it? Yeah. Um, I didn't realise, until you started talking about it, I didn't realise um, that, that uh, it hadn't opened. So I thought someone was just um, sharing some, some footage um, of... Uh, you know, ride that everyone else knew about or something, but no, it's not. Um, It is, I'm going to try and see if I can find the the thing I was looking at earlier. Um, 
Jurassic Flies, isn't it? It's called. Yeah. Um, but it is actually um, a ride. Okay, yeah, here it is. Um, so there's a version of it in Euro Park in Germany. Right. Um, so I think there's a couple in the world. This being like the latest version. What is weird about it, though, is I'm, I've only seen one one video because it is so new. It doesn't actually look like you see much. So you're no, going from it, Jurassic World, which we just talked about how impressive the dinosaurs are, and and actually I tell you what, there was one thing I forgot to mention there with Jurassic World. One thing that I I didn't like with it. The only thing I didn't like was the signage. Uh, you know, within the Jurassic World Park, was all yeah. in Cantonese or, or Mandarin. Yeah. I'm sure the the language they're using there in Beijing is uh, unfortunately sorry, um, and and that to me, the, the reason why it annoys me is because that won't have been in the film. No. So I I get why you would change things for the local audience, and obviously uh, Chris Pratt shows up in it, and so does. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard, um, and their voices are dubbed by the the um, Chinese equivalents of those actors. That makes sense in doing that. But do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you wouldn't have seen a different language sign in the film. So, no. if it's in that same part. Anyway, I digress. Um, but yeah, so this, um, it goes inside and outside as well. So yep. it's not completely inside. You're kind of on a weird arm, so you're 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 hanging. You're in rows of it looks like three, um, and you're you're held from above, but the actual cars can turn three sixty. Hmm. So as you go around, you will, I suppose a bit like Crush's Coast or something, you will turn to see different things. Yeah. Do you know what I saw the video of the one at Euro Park? Okay. Not long yeah. ago. Now, yeah. now you said that. I, I do know it. But it doesn't sit... Certainly in the video that I've seen, and again, it's just open, so maybe I've, I've missed out on something, or we haven't seen something yet, but it seems like you see like a lot of things like trees, yeah. but you're not seeing any dinosaurs, which is pretty much the point. But then again, yeah. pterodon fl- flies is the same. Yeah. Really? You don't, you don't see anything, so... No. No. Um, so that's the Jurassic World area. Um, there's a couple of outliers um, shows specifically um, that I haven't mentioned. So you've got Sing on Tour, um, yeah. which is actually in Super Silly Funland. Strangely. Makes sense. Um, so that's basically an animatronic, like singing show. Um, Similar to some of the things we've seen previously in in parks, what like Chuck um, E. Cheese? Yeah, basically. Oh, oh it dear. looks like they might. No, they aren't animatronic. They are actually people in costume. Okay. Um, okay. So it's like so Disney Junior live on stage and things like that. Um. So that's strangely in Super Silly Funland, and then one it's kind of in Hollywood, and I'm sure it is going to be attached as being in Hollywood because it is based inside a version of the Chinese uh, theatre, um, not a, a replica. It's, it's their own reimagining this time. And this, for me, 
I would put this up with Jurassic World um, as the best attraction, and it's Untrainable, um, which is the story of how to train your dragon. Um, I don't know whether you've seen any of this, Nick. Um, I haven't, no. It is, it's like, you can't call it a musical because the characters aren't singing. Um, They've just got a couple of musicians on stage and a couple of singers that kind of sing some Celtic type music throughout the the show. Um, But it basically tells the story of the first How to Train Your Dragon film um, with actors, but they also um, use like the walk around dinosaurs that they used to have in the Jurassic Park areas in the park, and obviously the um, Raptor meet and greets that they have at the moment. Um, okay, they yeah. have full-size dragons on stage walking around as part of the story. Um, and Toothless flies over the audience. Wow. With an actor sitting on his back. Um, and it's just... Obviously, you can't understand a word they're saying because it's all in Chinese. Um, but you know the story anyway. You can tell the, the actors. And that it's in that video that I, I sent you earlier. It's not a great version because he's, he's kind of sitting back. But it just looks superb, even from a they, distance. Did they not do a touring Yes, they show? had a walk. Of, yes, I believe so. And I think it probably is this. Right. Um. But it, it just looks superb. The sets are great. Um, you have points where, as I say, Toothless is flying around um, and they bring a screen down so it looks like he's flying through clouds and and all sorts of things. And it's just really well put together. Um, and my little boy, who's a massive House of Training Dragon fan anyway, just sat there and went, for my next birthday, can we go to Beijing? Because I want to see this. And it's like... Um, he was he loved it. He sat there and watched the whole thing, which I can put on theme park videos and he will watch like 10 minutes of it and walk away. This this show was a good 15, 20 minutes long, I think. Um, and he loved it. And just watching it, I just thought it was really well put together and the the dragons were, were great. And you only there's only a couple, there's two or three dragons throughout the, the show, but they are they're just really well done. Um and I hope this will appear in Epic Universe if we do get our our Dragonland. Well, I mean, obviously that's been rumoured for a long time um, that we're going to get that land, I mean. Um, and we wondered what they'd put in there for it and we just assumed some kind of coaster or something. But that would be excellent. And also make make it more like a land. Yeah. Because you don't want one attraction in a land. That's silly. Um No. Unless you're Waterworld, obviously. Um, <laughs> but that's good, because it does sound like the kind of thing that would uh, translate. And the, uh, the other thing as well, because I, um, I never knew um, how the House of Train Your Dragon series worked in China, because obviously there's a huge culture around dragons. Yeah. Anyway, uh, which obviously th- these books have or films have nothing to do with. And so I wondered how the audience interpreted that you know was that an insult to the culture or was that you know kind of seen as something completely separate and therefore wasn't offensive or you know whatever so the fact that they've got a show there does seem to suggest that they think it yeah. works for the audience which is which is which is good but i can't wait to check that out and funny enough it's not mentioned on the website at all no on the shows um all right no so. Yeah. It's on, it's on the app, but um, it is under under shows rather than 
uh, which is why I missed it the first time round. But I'm glad I left it till the end anyway, mm. um, because it is probably my favourite thing out of all of all of the new park. Wow! Um, if you if your boy likes House Train of Dragon, don't let him read the books. They are we actually had one different. of them, yeah, because uh, isn't toothless like tiny and fits in his pocket. <laughs> Uh, something like that. I mean, my daughter has read the the whole series, yeah, and she loves the films. But um, yeah, she's explained to me that the the books are completely uh, different yeah. to the Weird, films. Weirdly, we did get it from the library, but he he never got. We got did that in the summer holidays, and we've literally just taken it back because he never got round to reading it. Now being back at school, he's reading other things that he's picking up from school. Right. Um, so we didn't get round to reading it. Yeah. Well, so I think my daughter read them, read the whole series in about a month or so, because she speed reads. Um, but uh, that's that's good. I'm glad because the, the the problem that you when when you talk about these franchises and stuff like that, you know, House Training Dragon has had three films; they've all done well, and I really yep. enjoyed the series of films. Um, yeah, I think they're a great series of films. Um, but that's done. You know, the third one was very much a end of a trilogy. And that came out, what, three years ago now? Yeah. Maybe a bit longer. So you do wonder what the longevity of this of this stuff is. Um, I mean, I suppose with, you know, that series, you did have the, the TV spin-off or spin-offs. Yeah, there was you? a few, yeah. Um. So I suppose if you can watch those on things like Netflix, it kind of keeps it alive as well. But yeah, you do wonder what the audience is going to be for those films in, or those attractions in in ten years' time, or or whatever. Yeah. But but this, but I was thinking about this earlier because I've always said this when they are building new attractions. Well, how long is this going to be relevant for? But look at Disney, right? You know, the first time I went to Disneyland Paris. The, the the first rides I went on were Snow White, Pinocchio, and Peter Pan. Yeah. Now, I did know those films because I'd had videos of them, uh, you know, that I watched as a kid. But you can't really say they were like, up to date modern films, right? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Exactly. So I think if it's a good film, it's gonna it's gonna hold up anyway. So maybe I shouldn't yeah. be too quick to judge. Um. But I mean, well, look. Thank you for looking into that um, about yep. about Beijing. Um, I mean, obviously, we know where it is. Um, yeah, and we know what your son wants you to do. But do you think, even with the uh, you know very impressive attractions that we've talked about, as well as the not so impressive ones, do you think that would be enough to make you go to China? I think now that there's two parks, I'd always said that Shanghai Disneyland wasn't enough to get me to go to China. Um, and despite there being quite a distance between the two, um, it's fairly easy to travel between the two by flying for a couple of hours. Um, I think I would be more tempted now that there is two parks to, to visit in China um, than I was previously. And with Hong Kong not that far away as well, um, it does make it more enticing. Well, I don't like their human rights records, so I won't be going. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, 
it does look it does look really good though. And yeah, like like you say about Shanghai Disney, you know, there, there's obviously some unique uh, attractions that they have, and it does look like um, somewhere that'd be good to investigate. Um, but I think my feeling with this human rights records uh, accepted um, for me. The fact that knowing that this is going to be expanded, especially Universal is going to be expanded, similar to Florida, it would make me rethink when I'd go. Yeah. I might hold off for a while. But like you, I think I think the stuff looks great. Um, and it's, uh, it does look like a, a great addition to the Universal family. Yeah, definitely. Um, oh, by the way, uh, listeners, if you've just noticed that Sinead's not said anything for the last half an hour, it's because she's gone to bed. <laughs> it's not that we didn't let her talk, okay? Just, no. to, just to be clear. But she she uh, had to go, so there you go. Um, should we just take a quick look at what's going on outside the parks? Yeah, let's go for it. This episode is sponsored by Quicksilver Tours. Look. We all know travelling is the worst part of any vacation, let alone when hitting Orlando. And what do you do when you get to the airport? Magical Express is about to disappear. Free transportation as part of a package deal can be hit or miss. And no one wants to queue up for a long time to get a car hire. And that is where Quicksilver come in. They have a free stop for groceries for airport round trips. A complimentary meet and greet service as well as luggage assistance. And after a nine-hour flight, who couldn't want some help with their luggage? And look, podcasts are always promoting things, right? But how many can vouch for the products or service? Well, we can because Craig has used Quicksilver on previous trips and will be using them again for his next. And he went with 17 people. So whilst we know there are other good companies out there, we personally know how good Quicksilver are, and we are delighted to welcome them as sponsors. And you know what? We can even sweeten the deal. If you contact Quicksilver Tours for a reservation and mention this podcast, they will even give you a special discount of $5 off for airport round trips. That's off their already reasonable prices. So you've tried the rest, and now try the ones who, in our opinion, are the best by visiting quicksilvertransportation.com today. Don't wait if you have an upcoming trip. Book today. Uh, P-Dubs, is there anything going on outside the parks? Um, there might be. Let's have a look. Um, is there any film, Universal films? Well, yeah. There must well, be something. There is. There's quite a big one. Uh, would that be uh, Halloween Kills? Nope. No? Although that is coming out. Uh, it's, yeah. it's Obviously, it's going to be... Uh, this year's big film for Halloween, and it yeah. has the the word Halloween in the title, so that's always good good corporate synergy there for the, uh, yeah. the Halloween company. Um, that is though, uh, I don't know if we mentioned it before, but it is going to be streaming on uh, Peacock in the US. Yeah. Um, so it comes out on the fifteenth of October. In, in a lot of territories around the world. Um, but in the US, it will be uh, yeah, it will be shown on Peacock as well as a day and date release, which they've done it with a few films this year. Um, they did it with Boss Baby 2 yeah. as well, um, which I can't remember what the subtitle is. But uh, yeah, which is weird because if I'm correct, 
still hasn't come out in the UK. No, um, it two. was. I went to see Adam's Family Two uh, yesterday. Oh, and uh, Boss Baby was there was a trailer attached to it. Right. Yeah, I think it comes um, out next so month. So must be soon. Yeah. I know it is coming out after all this time, but it's been streaming on Peacock since uh, May, I think it came out in the States. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's already had a digital release, which means that most people have seen it if they wanted to anyway. My daughter saw it, said it was uh, as good as the first. But I won't lie, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't really think that's... <laughs> Anyway, um, no, you missed out a really big film that Universal released. Did I? Yes. No Time to Die. Oh, yes, of course. Yes. Well, I mean, technically it's an MGM film. Yeah. Um, But certainly in the UK, it was released by Universal. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure what the status is in, in other countries with it, but it is the first James Bond film to be um, released by Universal, I believe. And the only one, I believe. Uh, I don't know what the deal is there. Because who... I don't um, even know who owns with it. James Bond now. Um, well, it was MGM. Yeah, I believe MGM still own it. And of course now MGM have been bought by Amazon. Yes. Is that right? Yes. So Amazon own James Bond now. <laughs> um, yeah, just double check. So in America, so this doesn't count then, in America it's United Artists uh, that distributed it, but uh, internationally it was Universal. So there you go. Um, but uh, yeah, it came out in the UK, uh, as we recall this last week, so when was that? Uh, 30th of September it came out uh, and it came out this week in uh, America it came out in a lot of countries Um, but uh, yeah so uh, what did it do opening uh, 56 million did alright deal right but it opened less than uh, less than they were expecting they thought it was going to be uh, a much bigger opening than than that. Um, I mean, that's less than Shang-Chi. That was about 80 million, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, so, I had a, a massive opening weekend. Yeah. Um, and in fact, jeez, Venom opened to 90.1 million oh, the weekend before. So uh, why, yeah. why do people keep encouraging Sony to keep making these films? Well, the thing is, right? I just, uh, I just watched Venom again last night because I think the wife wants to see the sequel, but she'd never seen uh, the first one. I think yeah. she wants to see the sequel because she ha- she heard there's a really good end credit scene from me, um, which I don't <laughs> know what it is, so don't spoil it for me. Well, um, I do. Oh, do you? Is it worth yeah. is it worth sitting through eighty eight minutes of Venom? Let there be carnage. Uh, I, I 
don't know. I don't think I can uh, can say for definite that it would be when you can probably just watch it on YouTube a couple of days afterwards. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so we watched we watched it last night, and I mean it's all right. Like it's, it's just cheesy. Yeah, tonally. And this is what I was saying after, like when we watched it, because my wife said, oh, I quite enjoyed that. And she said, why don't you like it? I was like, I just don't think it's really my Venom. No. Like, it's not what I expect from a Venom film. No. It's the tone it, of it. It's all over the place. And it's interesting because the, the reviews I've read of Venom 2 have said that Tom Hardy, Hardy finally understands who Venom is <laughs> and that he didn't he didn't care who he was in the first one. He just went... I'm just going to be Tom Hardy and I'm going to play this weird alien thing and it's just going to be me in a black suit. Right. Okay. So you think Whereas now it seems rhythm. like he, yeah, he may have actually done some research. I think the problem with Tom Hardy is that he just takes himself a bit serious, doesn't he? A bit too serious. Yeah. It was why I was a bit surprised that he agreed to do Venom 1, to be honest. Yeah. Like he's a good actor. Like I'm not saying he's not a, a good actor, but no. he's an after. I don't know if you ever saw his adverts for Sky Mobile. Yes, it was like you thought you was watching Robert De Niro in a film. <laughs> You're sending yeah. a mobile phone service, you weirdo. Yeah, I did. Uh, I saw. A, I don't know whether you've seen them on YouTube. They these um um Google asks um things where they they have a board that says Tom Hardy is. And it's basically the most asked questions on Google about the person that's on it. Right. And someone someone um, wrote in, uh, or the, one of the biggest searches was about Bane. And um, <laughs> he said that basically when I took the role, they said they're either going to love you or they're going to think you're taking the piss. Um, and he said, I, I carried on with what I was doing with the, with the voice and everything. And he says, a couple of years down the line, yeah, I think they thought I was taking the piss. So he's actually admitted that he was awful as Bane. Good, because he, he was. And he knew it full well. But yeah, it was dreadful. It was an absolute... It completely ruined the trilogy. Um, uh, I mean, I, I think just the film in general ruined the trilogy. Yeah. He was certainly a big yeah, part of it. But <laughs> When you have a villain that's as, as big a wet blanket as he was... That's true. Um, yeah. It does... Com- and superhero films are only normally as good as their villain. Mm. And the first two films, the villains were great. Um, and then you get this, and it was just basically. It's really so. It's really interesting looking at this, right? Going back to <laughs> the Universal Connection, <laughs> not, not trying to work out who Tom Hardy, um, but. Uh, Skyfall opened up with 88.4 million. Yeah. Um, when that debuted 2012 ish, I want to say. Um, I don't expect to make, but it, I know it wasn't as, as much as that. But because, like, Venom had like opened up to 90 million the weekend before, Hollywood assumed that Bond being a Bond film was going to smash that. Yeah. So the fact that it's almost half. Well, just over half of that. That's got to be um, a disappointment. Yeah. Speaking of disappointments, <laughs> no time to die. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, if you want to hear more of that, me and uh, Chris are going to record an episode of uh, Branch and Ripley at some point discussing Bond in general. Um, and I've released a review of it uh, already, if you want to hear that on Walking Movies. Um, but but yeah, I think Universal will probably be a bit disappointed and probably wish that MGM had just <laughs> sold out to Apple. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's done, you know, although it's it's not it's not great, I mean, it's done globally uh 300 million so far but it had a budget of 250 to 300 and they'd already said before it came out that it would have to do a billion to break even so yeah it's not gonna do that good no no and it doesn't deserve to it's not that good um so yeah i suppose it's left to halloween now yeah. Um, which will be interesting because, like I say, um, Halloween being released on um, on Peacock as well, you would think that's going to have an effect on the box office. Yeah. Wouldn't you? So you would imagine so. They have got one other saviour. They've got Sing Two in December. I'm look. Ha- have you seen Sing? <laughs> I've seen bits of it. I've not seen it all the way through. It's it's one of those films that I actually think is a lot better than it should be. Yeah. Um, it was directed by Garth Jennings, and he's come back to do the new one as well. Um, and Garth Jennings was most famous for, for music videos before, and then did a few films like um, I think he did Hitchhiker's Guide actually, um, and yes. he also did uh, Son of Rambo. Which, if you've never seen, is is excellent. Very British, but but an excellent film. Um, so he's he's got a he's got a, a good pedigree, but it's one of those films when you look at the voice cast and thought, oh yeah, it might be alright. And uh, it's the most probably the most understated Matthew McConaughey performance of all time, which is really yeah. interesting. Um, but the the sequel to it, I saw a trailer for it. Uh, early this year and uh, the sequel looks to be just as entertaining as the first one does so um the first one was one of those films that kind of was under the radar a little bit but did really well like it had long legs yeah so i don't think it ever reached like number one in the u.s but um was one of the more like successful animated films that year it's clearly popular enough that they're using it for attractions. That as well. Yep. So yep. they obviously have a lot of trust in it. Well, and they also announced the a sequel moment. quite quite soon afterwards. Like I think yeah. within about six months of the first one, they announced they were going to do a second, which again they wouldn't do um, if they didn't have uh, faith in it. Which is yeah. quite funny because a song called Faith is what they do after the end credits of the first thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's it for Universal. Though I don't think they've got anything else coming next year, have they? No, nothing massive that's going to rake them in any money. I don't think. No. Mm. Well, Fast and Furious has done all right. Yeah, always does. So I suppose there's there's that. Um, it's not all doom and gloom. Uh, in fact, where is it? Oh, it's it's third. 
Fast and Furious Nine is the third biggest film in the in the US. Yeah. This year, behind Black Widow and Shang Chi. So. Yeah. There you go. Um, was there anything else outside the parts that you had? I don't think so. I think that was that was it. Um, I I have seen they done a, a deal with Chris Nolan. Yes. Yeah, I'd forgotten that uh, he was. It had come out not long before it was actually announced that he was shopping his latest film around because he had that falling out, didn't he, with Warner Brothers over Tenant. I don't understand it, though. He made a bad film. Yeah. Right. And, and if you're, if I'm honest, not for the first time. No. Um, I don't... I'm not... I used to be a Nolan fan. I am a lapsed Nolan fan. I think it's... It's very much a case of um, Emperor's New Clothes with him. I think he yeah. thinks his films are, are always better, and I think a lot of people, because there's style and substance with them, um, will do the same thing. But he had some really off-the-wall uh, demands for it. Yeah. So I know one of the terms was it had to have um, an exclusive theatrical window between 90 and 120 days. Yeah. And, and that what that means is they can't, Universal cannot open another film themselves yeah. in that time. And didn't they want it only being shown on certain size screens? Um, well, it can't, it can't have, it can only have a cinema release. Yeah. Um, so there is that and I think as well it had to be during the summer but so, he didn't get that sort of deal with Universal it's 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 weird it's it's very yeah. weird um yeah and it's gonna be about a nuclear bomb yep so well let's hope it pays off for them uh, oh, hang on. Who's it about? J. Robert Oppenheim and the creation yeah. of the atomic bomb. I mean, does anyone hear that and think, "Ah, oh, yes, that's going to be uh, that's going to be a big hit"? Yeah. Well, still, at least it gives Kitty Murphy something to do. So, yeah. Congratulations, <laughs> well done to you. Um, he was always the bridesmaid, never the groom, and now he's the groom. Yeah. Um. Okay. If there's nothing else, I'll wrap this episode up. Well, we've got to do Craigie's little thing. Oh, how could I forget? Oh, uh, no. I did. So, uh, Craig, on social media, um, asked people um, what they would pick from uh, the menu from uh, Foodie Donuts. Yeah. I don't think... It, this isn't a limited time menu is it this is just the that's just the regular one yeah as far as i can tell i mean there there are some weird ones aren't there yes like i've just spotted one that's got cayenne pepper on it um (laughs) (laughs) no thank you just just weird i mean i think i'm sure craig had the bacon maple bar last time Yes. I just 
don't. I mean, I couldn't have it obviously because I don't eat meat, but it's just it's just all kinds of wrong. No. Memphis Mafia, Mafia fried dough with banana chunks and cinnamon covered in glazed chocolate and peanut butter, peanuts and chocolate chips. Um, it's just a heart attack, isn't it? Yeah, well, quite clearly because it's what killed Elvis. They, this is true. This is this is true. Um, so we sent this out just before we recorded, so we've not had any responses except from Alan Wheeler, who said he likes to look at the apple fritter. Um, I've got to be honest, I'm not a fan of uh, apple apple donuts. Now, see, I quite like, we've got a Dunkin' Donuts that opened a couple of months ago. It's going to be four in Nottingham by <laughs> a month's time. Really? Um, they've, done so, they've done so well that they're opening another three. Jesus. <laughs> um, and they've got a, it's an apple crumble one. And it's actually probably my favourite, and I normally mm. wouldn't pick pick that. And it's the one that I I go to. I thought I'd try it because it's different, and it's ended up becoming my favourite. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm an apple fritter. I'm not not convinced on. No, no. Um, but I don't know because when we went, I had one of the the ones that aren't on the menu. I had the Orange call, which is the the universal one of the universal special ones um, that you can't get anywhere else. It's not on this menu. But honestly, I think looking at this, I would probably go with the Eight Mile, the uh, the plain donut with vanilla frosting and the M M&M and M minis. I see what they've done there. Yeah, I see what they've done there. Very smart. Yeah. Uh, speaking of M M&M, and M, didn't he just do? He just opened a, a vegan. Restaurant in Michigan, which is where he's. And it also, from. T- it also ties into something else we spoke about tonight because he's done two of the songs on the Venom Two soundtrack. His song at the end of Venom, I'd forgotten about it, and it is so weird. It sounds like you know, it sounds it sounds like Weird Al Yankovic doing a parody of Eminem. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. It's it's absolutely shocking. Um. Yeah, I mean, look, the thing with the thing with Voodoo Donuts. Oh, by the way, the the, the reason I mentioned that the restaurant is called it's, yeah, the vegan restaurant's called uh, Mum Spaghetti. Uh. Hilarious. Um, I am a massive, massive fan of uh, chocolate and coconut, which is lucky because there's a donut called chocolate with coconut. There you go. So Perfect. yeah, that is that is what I would uh, go for. I'm trying to think. What I had, I think I had the the voodoo. I had the voodoo doll. Yeah, that's what I had. The voodoo doll, which is the. Uh, do you know what he looks like? Now I come think of it, he looks a little bit like the tango doll. Do you remember <laughs> that? Yes. Yeah. The little tango doll. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um. So yeah, if you um, if you want to tell us what your favourite donuts are. Um, and if we, I remember when I record the interview, then I'll, I'll read those out as well. So please, uh, please do uh, get in touch. But oh, actually, what did Craig? I think Craig said what he wanted, didn't he? I think he, I think he went with what you said. Uh bacon maple bar. Yeah. Yeah. Weirdo. So weird. Um. Oh, actually, 
just before we do go, I did notice that there's a new chocolate bar that you can buy in the Springfield area, which has got bits of bacon in it. I don't understand this obsession with bacon and chocolate. Nope, 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 nope. I mean, look, as I said, even, you know, I've got a great excuse not to have to eat this stuff now by, you know, being a vegetarian. But even if I wasn't, I would struggle to want to eat this. Um, but yeah, there we go. So this episode has come to a close. Um, there will be a second part. How will you know when the second part comes out? There's one really easy way to do that. That's by subscribing. It costs you nothing. It's free. Subscribe and you will always get notified when new episodes come out. Well, that's if you turn your notifications on, obviously. But if you do, then you will know. Um, so that will hopefully be out um, over the weekend or early next week. Um, but P-Dubs, thank you for going the distance. That's okay. I it's, really enjoyed that. Uh, it's a marathon Something sometimes. a little bit different. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And if Universal, if you could open up more theme parks more regularly, um, to enable Preferably us to talk about them. Preferably one near us. Well, the um, the London theme park is uh, going yeah. into construction early next year, apparently. Yeah, supposedly. Yeah. Uh, to open in 2024. Yes. So, um, you know, maybe Universal can just for, uh, take over. Look out for London theme park after dark. <laughs> Don't. That London, th- that London theme podcast. So. I can't see it happening. Um, <laughs> but but yes, it's very much apparently a thing. Um, but yes, hopefully we'll talk to Todd about his experience at Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, and we would be back in November when, uh, well, I guess actually by the time we next get together, Halloween Horror Nights 30 will be a thing that we look at in the distance of yeah. the rear view mirror. And Christmas will have started. Indeed. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.